only ghost that lives in this house is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I love that. It's our witness to trick-or-treaters that show up on Reformation Day. <sighs> so we have a shepherd sheep motif today. So I thought I would tell you a very serious story. Two campers are out walking around. I come across a huge hole in the ground. The first camper goes up to the hole and says, wow, I wonder how deep this is. And he chucks a rock into the hole, puts his ear down and waits to hear it hit the bottom. Nothing. The second camper says, wow, must be really deep. The first camper looks puzzled and spots a boulder. Hey, come and help me with this, he says, and they start lugging the enormous rock to the hole. Throw it in. Not even three seconds go by and a sheep runs and jumps into the hole. Both campers look at each other bewildered. Did you see that? A sheep just ran and jumped into that hole. A few minutes pass and a farmer comes up. The farmer asks, hey, have you guys seen my sheep? <laughs> the first camper says, yeah, craziest thing happened. Your sheep ran and jumped into this hole. The farmer laughed and said, that's impossible. My sheep was tied to a big rock. <laughs> sheep and shepherd. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said, referring to himself. I'm doing part two of a message I started a few weeks ago. And... This is going to be the beginning of a short series called the I Am Declarations of Jesus. Hebrews says that God spoke to us in days past by prophets in the Old Testament, but now he's spoken to us not just through prophets, but through his son. Jesus Christ displays the Father Philip said, show us the Father. And Jesus, Jesus says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And there's certain personalities of the Father. Personality traits. The same personality tra traits of Father, Son, and Spirit. And Jesus, um, John, in John's Gospel records seven. John's really into the number seven. Over 50 times in the book of Revelation, the number seven. And seven I am statements of Jesus. And we're going to look at those because they display the wonder and beauty of Jesus in his, in his deity. First talking point, Jesus reveals himself as God, the good shepherd. Some of this will be rehearsing from last time, but we're going to get to some new stuff too. But I just want to remind you that in John 10, verse 11, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He uses the Greek phrase, very unusual Greek phrase, not used in secular language in first century Greek. Everybody just said, it just says, um, it just says, uh, I, I am with one simple um, verb. But <clears throat> Jesus uses the word ego eimi. I am. I am that I am. And it's the same word 
that in the Greek Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, that God says to Moses, when Moses says, who shall I say sent me? Um, God says to Moses, tell them, ego emi sent me. I am. Same Greek word. So what is Jesus saying? Because the Old Testament was uh, very familiar in Greek in the first century. What is Jesus saying when he says, when uh, he says, I am the good shepherd? He says, I myself am. I, the God of Moses, that revealed himself to Moses, Yahweh. That's who is the good shepherd, and he's standing right in front of you. Shocking. Gives me goosebumps just thinking about that. I am the good shepherd. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are the good shepherd. And we mentioned last time that when it says the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, it's in the present continuous tense in Greek. In Greek. So in other words, Jesus not only gave himself at the cross, but he gave himself before the cross and he continues to give himself to us in his resurrection glory, fully giving himself to us. And I love it that John's uh, name means God is gracious, God's favor. Jesus um, fully gave himself to us, fully gives himself to us even now. That's his attitude towards us. He only has one attitude towards us, and that's fiery love, <laughs> infinite love. It's stunning to John, and it's stunning to us, this incredible, deep affection that he has for us. He reveals himself as God, the wonderful good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. You know, grace is Jesus giving himself fully to us. And faith is giving ourselves fully back to him in response to his grace. There's reciprocity. We receive this shocking, astonishing, life-changing grace. And in response, he pulls us into our hearts being pulled, given back to him fully in, in faith. One sponsors the other. Grace sponsors faith. It certainly changed John's life. When you think about the Apostle John, he was a fisherman. Zebedee and sons. <laughs> fishing fishing business. And Jesus called James and John to follow him. And I'm sure that was a great disappointment to Zebedee. I wonder if um, when Jesus refers to James and John as the sons of thunder, if they he partly was referring to his dad thunderous upsetness when it became he had to take the sign down Zebedee and sons and then his wife starts following Jesus around Galilee and, and Judea as well so he's going to have to either get with the program himself or just be kind of lost isn't he don't know what happens there I guess we'll find out later on Zebedee you know this giving was that changed John. He was a son of thunder. And I've mentioned to you in times past that that was his nickname, Sons of Thunder, he and James. And 
You'll remember the time that he was going through, his, they were going through the Samaritan village and the, the villager said, out of here, out of here by midnight. Got a sunset law here for you, <laughs> Jews. And John says, Lord, shall we call down fire on heaven to destroy this village? And Jesus just says, basically says, chill, man. That's not what we're doing. And uh, other time, some people were casting out demons in Jesus' name, and they weren't part of their team. And John says, should I tell them to stop? And Jesus said, hey, no, they're not against us. They're for us, man. Just let them, let them keep doing it. They're helping some people there. And you will remember that five times in the book of John, he is referred to, John refers to himself as the one who Jesus loves. The one who Jesus loved as his full identity. Brian had that word about identity and identity of being loved. That's so long. He didn't know what I'm talking about today, but it, it so expresses that. John was smitten by Jesus' love. And I don't think it was because Jesus loved John more than the others. John, the one who Jesus loved. I, th- I think it was because John, in childlike faith, received it better than the others. The others could have cashed the check, but he cashed it. <laughs> he received it. He insisted on being by Jesus at the Last Supper, and they didn't have chairs like we have. They had, like, couches. And he leaned up against the chest of God because he knew deep was calling to deep. He was experiencing the very bosom of the Father and of the Holy Spirit and of God the Son. There's something within John that only answers to the presence of deity. And heaven itself is referred to by Jesus as Abraham's bosom. Powerful that one of the few names or metaphors for heaven is Abraham's bosom. The Father's chest, heartbeat of affection. So that when we are in the heaven realm, both when we die or when Christ comes back in the rapture, or even now, pressing into the kingdom, we are pressing into an atmosphere that is thick and tangible. We are swimming, if you will, in the Father's infinite affection. Jesus said, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And Jesus also said, the Father himself loves you. Jesus' blood bought us the same right. The Father is in us, we're in the Father, and the Father himself loves us. Loves, the Greek word agape, rarely used in first century Greek, Christians took it, John took it, baptized it, and said it's now the word we're going to use for a unique love that the world has not known before. God's love expressed in Jesus, fully giving himself to us. Grace, favor, in such a way that we're, we're stunned and shocked into giving our life in faith fully back to him. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. John 10, verse 14. I am the good shepherd. 
We don't have it on the, it's just a continuing of what we've, of that same chapter. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Not just intellectually, cognitively. I am known by my sheep. Jesus said in the last day, it's going to be important that we are known and that we know him. The Apostle Paul, referring in one place to knowing Jesus, says, we are known by God. Sorry, we we know God, or rather are known by God. (laughs) There's reciprocity in knowledge. And you'll remember that the Greek word for know in the Bible is way beyond how we use it typically as intellectual cognitive, but experience, a full giving and receiving of knowledge, of personhood. That's what we've been graced into, my friends, and it is a stunning dynamic indeed. It affects our ministry. You're crippled if you are doing some kind of Holy Spirit ministry outside of a platform, a springboard of God's great agape affection for you. I can't help but wonder if it was because John had that revelation in childlike faith, got a hold of the affection of Jesus, the affection of the Father, love, the one who in his, in his deepest essential identity, I'm the one loved by God. I'm the one loved by Jesus. If perhaps that is why, from the cross, he says to John, with reference to his biological, his mother. Behold, your mother. To Mary, behold, your son. There is a trust with ministry that is a way deeper level when we operate from this identity smitten by his affection for us. I think I mentioned to you before, I um, am not that gifted as a singer. And uh, Brenda asked me to sing with her at our wedding. She has a great voice, if you hadn't noticed that. And uh, I was supposed to sing harmony. And I even screwed it up. I even messed I even screwed it up right at our rehearsal. I went into our wedding saying, Jesus, I'm going to get out of the boat. Hopefully I can walk on water here. And it went, it went great. Not before, never after. I still have a recording of the wedding if you want to hear it sometime. <laughs> but the song was this. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need our, your tender care. In your pleasant pastures feed us for our use thy folds prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. We are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. Early let us seek thy favor. Early let us do thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with thy love, with thy love our bosoms fill. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. 
Over 44 years now, Brenda and I have been shepherded by Jesus through thick and thin, for better or for worse. I want to tell you that the high points have been amazing, and the low points have been, have been difficult. I remember at Ray Peterson's memorial service, Marty's uh, husband passed away about 11 years ago. Nathan got up and said, quoting his dad, never trust a leader who wears a tie. <laughs> I happened to be up next to talk, and I was wearing a tie. So I kind of bent down, took the tie off, and <laughs> managed through that. But I remember John Wimber once uh, sharing a message called, Never Trust a Leader That Doesn't Walk with a Limp. I want to tell you, it's not because God sends the stuff into our lives to cause us to limp. But life happens. There are, I could name, I'm not going to, <laughs> none of your business, <laughs> but I can name 10 or 12 things that have caused me to limp. But I want to tell you, every one of those experiences, Jesus has been my shepherd. He's guided Brenda and me, and he will continue to guide us to green pastures and still waters. So we want to watch out for bad shepherds. Shepherds, There's things that shepherd people that are bad. Human beings have an incredible ability to be stubborn. There was even a true story of a teenage girl that got in a car crash and the car was hanging off the cliff and the first responders came and and she said, no, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. But she couldn't do it. She couldn't rescue herself. And then finally they just said, honey, we're going we're gonna to rescue you. You need help. And they rescued her. But human beings have an incredible ability to turn to themselves instead of to the shepherd. Some people turn to scientism at the University of Oregon, at Mission Oregon, last time. I had the honor of talking to a young man that just lit up with radiant joy on his face that we were sharing the gospel on his campus. I asked him what school he was in. He said, I was in, I'm in the school of medicine. I'm going to be a heart surgeon. Did he believe in science? Yes. Did he believe in Jesus? More Yes. So many in the universities are into science absent from God, which is an oxymoron. It's a, it's a contradiction, isn't it? Talk with someone who claimed to be a transgender young man there, and he was right in front of a bus stop, and the bus driver was there, and all these students were there, a dozen or so, and this young man wanted to have an exchange with me in front of the other students, so I complied. And he, he said, so, you believe that the earth was created in 6,000 year, 6, years ago? And I knew what he was saying. He was, and, I, and I said to him, I didn't have time to explain all the nuances of that question. I just went right to the point. I said, that is not a deal breaker. Nowhere in the gospel message of the New Testament does it say you have to believe in a 6,000-year-old earth to be blood-bought. 
Okay, that was the first thing. Oh, so you believe in Adam and Eve, that it all started with Adam and Eve. I said, DNA just proved that about a year ago. I didn't shame him. I, I related to him in love, but he wanted to exchange and visit about it. And what was beautiful about it in my um, mind was that the other students listened in and that the bus driver got off the bus, having heard the interaction, came up to me and said, some things we just know in our knower, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Scientism, Marxism, a certain idealism, political idealism, a political uh, utopia that we're working for, absent God, and the early Marxist called the gospel, the opiate of the masses. What a compliment. I'm high on God, are you? Materialism, the person that dies with the most toys wins. Stoicism, that inner resignation that is expressed through a bumper sticker, life is hard and then you die. An expectation of trouble, that's stoicism. Reminds me of the pastor that went to a carnival, outside carnival, and saw a quail for sale on a uh, twine. And uh, the quail that was for sale was just going round and round and round the stake on this twine. Couldn't go any farther. And the pastor felt sorry for the quail, so he purchased the quail, bought it. Happy to take the rope off of it and let it go. Guess what the quail did? didn't realize he was free. And my friends, if you have been trained by life to a sort of resignation that this is how it is, I want to tell you, Jesus has blood-bought your freedom and you need to fly. You need to fly. You need to fly. This is how, most, <laughs> this is how many people respond to the difficulties of life like this sheep. That's not where I wanted it. There was something else that's better on there. Started at, at second 50. But can we get that or not? <laughs> there. Oh. There's something else he does that's really funny. Oh, you actually saw it? I was looking at this up here. I guess it's different. Did you see the one where he hits it and then tips over? Oh, my bad. I, was, I, thought, it, I thought I was seeing the same thing you guys were. Okay. Edit that out for the TV show next week. 
Okay. Want to take a moment to consider what else Jesus is referring to when he says, I'm the good shepherd. He's referring, scholars say he's referring to Psalm 23. I'm that good shepherd. I'm God of Psalm 23. My friends, it's when, it's when your, um, your soul needs to be restored that he restores your soul. It's when you're in the face of fear, even the fear of death, that his rod and his death bring supreme, powerful, full comfort. It's when you feel like you've failed that you, you can believe and know that he's, he's going to lead you into the next right decision, no matter how bad the last one may have been. Lead you in paths of righteousness from now on, from this point on. It's, it's when the enemies, in the face of the enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil are attacking us, that we need his triumph, his victory, that we hitch our trailer to and we enter into his victory. It's when we consider our past and think of like perhaps Jacob did in the Bible. And he said, my years have been short and miserable. <laughs> when we think of our past and we think of the difficulties of our past, it's at that moment that the good shepherd comes and, rem- and gives us a historical revisionism that's real and alive because of his involvement in our past. And we look in the rear view of our mirror of our life and we see that goodness and mercy actually did follow us every day through thick and thin, through the things that cause us to limp, as well as the great rejoicing victories. Think of um, Moses for a, min- for a minute. He was a shepherd. Here's a quote just to clarify. It, it, it's in the face of our greatest human extremity that the good shepherd shows up most profoundly. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's an expression of God's shepherding. Well, so Moses, the shepherd, was 80 years old. He'd made some mistakes that put him there. The backside of the desert as a shepherd. This is my shepherd's staff. I go walking with it. And when I walk with my staff on the sidewalks of Medford, When you get to my age, you don't care what people think. <laughs> but I've discovered that without my staff, bicyclists tend to whiz by me on the left. But they don't when my staff is like this. I haven't tripped up a bike yet because they've been smart and haven't tried to pass me. <laughs> I, li- I don't mind them passing me. I just wish they'd say, passing on the left. Instead of, whoa, it's about to have a heart attack. <laughs> you know? So I don't use it for sheep, but Moses did. It's an expression, a symbol of God's shepherding. Who shall I send? Who shall I say sent me? Egg away me. I am that I am. And although he probably said it in Hebrew, certainly. But, um, how do I know you're going to be with me? Well, toss your staff on the ground. And let's see what happens. 
I haven't been able to talk before you start talking to me, and I haven't been able to talk any better since. I don't know how I'm going to go rescue those people out of Egypt. Toss my staff down? Okay. Oh, my goodness. What hath God wrought? <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> so Moses did that as a sign to Pharaoh, didn't he? And then another stress point, blood pressure. I hope he didn't have high blood pressure, Moses, because there are some stress points. Pharaoh's magicians in their black magic actually had power enough where they changed their staffs into a snake. But guess what? Aaron's staff ate up theirs, so victory again. Over and over and over again, my friends, not every single miracle was used with the shepherd's staff, but many of them were. The parting of the Red, parting of the Red Sea? Yeah. Before that, the turning of the Nile into blood? The victory over the enemies? Staff was raised. Striking the rock for water? Interesting that sometimes it's called Moses' staff, sometimes Aaron's staff, but sometimes God's staff. Because, and I think that speaks to the fact that we're all in this together, it's a team effort, but it's God who his power is through his wonderful shepherding that makes a difference for us. Jesus left the 99 and went after the one. Aren't you glad he did that for you? How many of you have had him come after you more than once? He's faithful. He is deeply committed. Being a shepherd runs in his blood. What are you doing? Prayer doesn't, and it seems like he's way distant and the prayer doesn't answer it. What do you do then? I just want to tell you what I do. I remember that Romans 8, 28 is still in the Bible. And I, I think that it's important when we come across stuff that is a mystery to us that we don't just stuff it within ourselves. I think it will resurface with some kind of medical issue. It can not all medical issues are because of that, but some are. Shows up in other ways, emotionally, toxic emotions, negative feelings. Just to stuff stuff. I think we, he knows our lives anyway, we should just be honest with God and ask him, God, sincerely, I want to know, can you, are you ready to reveal to me what good's out of this for me? And I can tell you, remember I mentioned about 10 things, 10 or 12 things I could say, crippled me, made me walk with a limp. Resurrected limp, by the way. But every one of those things God's identified for me, some quality or blessing I now have working in my journey that wasn't there before. And supremely, in glory, it's all going to be fine. Let's stand up. Ask God to show you. Don't stuff it. Ask him to show you. 
Put your hand on your heart right now. Those of you joining us on TV, this is your day to embrace Jesus as your shepherd. Bleat. Bleat. He'll answer your call. He'll save you. Start your journey with him. Say this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, you are the most amazing good shepherd imaginable. You've smitten me with your love. I'm yours. Amen. It's like anyone, uh, actually, I, what I want to do is actually sing. Um, Pat, Jim, did I ask you to sing a worship song at the end? Okay, then I'll have Pat this time. Come on. Pat, can I trouble you to? I was going to ask this for another worship song, but I'm not going to spring that on Jim now and cause him to have high blood pressure or anxiety where he has to. <laughs> we just have some music going. I'd like um, Dave Coyle to come up here on the left side and a few of our elders come up and minister healing to him. Anyone else that would like to be anointed with oil and healing can come up on this side. Okay? And I'll just say um, for all of us, God bless you today. I love you. Jesus loves you. You love each other. Life is good because Jesus is your good shepherd. We'll see you next time.